Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Kelly. Hey, Joey. You know, I always introduce you as a spirit doctor. We were just having a conversation that some of your students have sort of shifted to giving you another nickname, right? Yeah, they've been calling me the Shama Mama. The Shama Mama. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And since spirit doctor seems to be confusing people, I might keep it. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I think that we'll, we'll have to try the next episode. We'll see if that's how All that right. introduction works. <laughs> <laughs> see if you don't trip over your tongue. The Shama Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so, so good. Fun. It's so good. <laughs> That's something that would go really well in the Facebook group, Spirit Sherpa by Kelly Sparta, on the Facebook, where people can join the community and get involved there. Yeah. Well, why don't you introduce our guest today? Our guest today is Noah McIntyre, and uh, he runs a group called Discover Gratitude, and he is a gratitude coach. And he is also a very good friend of mine, such a good friend of mine that he was best man for me at my wedding. Noah is amazing. I mean, just, uh, we've known each other for what, 10 years now? Yeah, coming yeah. up on our 10-year anniversary in February. Yeah, and I have to tell you, in, in 10 years, I have seen Noah through a lot of changes in his life, including the death of his father, and he is one of the most joyful people I have ever met. And I am convinced it is because of his practice of gratitude. He was lucky enough to have parents who were big into the... Uh, what do you call it? Like a, the new age movement, would you say? 
we could call it the it New is... Age movement, but if you, you know, my my father studied with Trigam Trimpa Rinpoche, who brought a lot of the Tibetan Buddhist practices over to the United States in the early 70s, right? And then my mom kind of found Kabbalah, you know, she kind of rediscovered her Jewish roots. And so this kind of and your mother yeah. was also one of the early, one of the original authors of Our Bodies Ourselves. Yeah, which... so it's like this world of women's, the women's health movement. I grew up with, you know, 12 of the most powerful dynamic, you know, activist women as like my godmothers, aunties, best friends, moms, the people who I was surrounded by. So I was raised in a community that's very, very unique and dynamic and special and loving and challenging and all of those things that cause, I think, a lot of like, ooh, this is going to be a life of waking up constantly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I don't remember a story you told me once that you studied at, with Titnot Han when you were like five. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> When, when my mom and dad kind of kind of started to get more on the same spiritual path, my mom appreciated my father's study of Tibetan Buddhism, but there was some things about Tibetan Buddhism that were a little bit too challenging for her. And she really wanted to find a simpler, more social justice-oriented practice. And Thich Nhat Hanh, as some of you who are listening might know, came to prominence in the United States because Martin Luther King introduced him and his work on the anti-war movement in Vietnam to our country. So this kind of activist and Buddhist combination was really important. And my mom brought me to his one of his first retreats when he was starting to come over to the Omega Institute in, in Rhinebeck, New York, and start teaching communities. And he taught me meditation i think when i was six or seven wow it's a very big big gift when i say that noah is a special person i am not kidding <laughs> <laughs> you know you were also in the the management team at landmark at, at one point as well right yeah you know there's a lot of people who are my parents generation who were introduced to like you know this whole idea of transformation through werner Erhard's work of est and the s trainings and my parents were introduced to that form of transformative work in the 70s and 80s, but they never touched it. And so when it comes back around, I'm graduating high school and I'm kind of looking for what's my mission and purpose. Along comes a friend, an acquaintance, mind you, of my student teacher from my senior science class. He invites me to an introduction around landmark education. And I kind of took to it, you know, like a, a fish to water for a number of years. And I'm still in their training programs, but I did. I went and I led many programs for Landmark, and I managed big programs in California and Boston and London. So there's been a lot of exposure and experience to both participating in and leading transformational work. And I think that's the thing in our friendship, Kelly, even though we kind of came at it from very different paths, when we discovered that we had this love of transformation and spiritual awakening it was like ding 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 well so you, know, you say we came from different paths but my mother brought s home when i was five so not so different wow. that's you know i think we may have talked about that at one point but we haven't talked about that in a while it's been a wild ride for you in your life and for me and mine and I'm really grateful getting to the subject of gratitude i'm really grateful that i had a mother who was into this stuff that I got the opportunity to grow up in it because, you know, there's a way you get it in your bones 
that when you start very young, you know, it's like you just you have a knowing. People ask me all the time, well, where, how do you know these things? And I'm like, mm, I just know. You know, it's like, I'm like, cause I'm tapped in and it just, you know, you ask me a question and I just know the answer. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you, I don't know the answer. I don't make stuff up. When I give you an answer, it's because it's a knowing and it's because I grew up in that. And so, you know, I'm really grateful for my mother for that. And, you know, your mother's pretty awesome too. I'm pretty grateful for her too. She's pretty, pretty amazing woman. Yeah. I mean, the, the day that the two of you met and then a few years later when you really became friends, that was spectacular because a powerful, dynamic leader, woman from your generation meeting my mom from the generation before you that kind of, I think, made space for the kind of very strong, powerful feminist work that you're doing in your own way. The connection there has always been really important to me. Like, the fact that the two of you became friends still makes me happy to this day when I think about it. Yeah, still blows my mind because she wasn't too fond of me with the first time she met me. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's what you thought. She would never say that. You would, she would never say that. Oh my I know gosh. she wouldn't, but I, I, that was my impression. Uh, <laughs> so funny. I, I did see you through an amazing journey, and I think we both have, Mm-hmm. of using these different transformational tools to come to a deeper sense of self-acceptance. Yeah. And I think that seeing each other on that journey, like you were talking about earlier today, this we're constantly evolving. How does gratitude figure into that? How do our listeners access gratitude to come to a more joyful place in their lives to help with their spiritual evolution? Sure. And I think that to kind of jump in and start off on that part of the journey. Mm -hmm. I would want to mention how a lot of people who I've interacted with have become introduced to gratitude. And then now kind of how I have practiced it day by day, particularly through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Um, because my, my relationship with gratitude has really shifted since March in a big way. And I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But a lot of people were introduced to gratitude when Oprah started promoting gratitude journaling in the 1990s. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, I need to keep a gratitude journal. That personal practice that, you know, some people were introduced to it through prayer at the table, you know, say thanks for your food. There's been a lot of entry points. But, you know, as we talk about this, I invite the audience to really think about how were you introduced to gratitude? And then, you know, how do you get introduced to it? But then also, how do you keep it alive? For me, I was introduced to it when I was in high school, reading a book, a chapter in a book called The Science of Getting Rich, which is a book about prosperity, but it's also a book about how do you keep these spiritual principles going. And then when I realized how important gratitude was to me, when things started to get difficult in my life, you know, I talked to a lot of people who survived and made it through cancer treatment, and they are so grateful for their lives. For me, it was extreme mental health challenges when I was in my 20s. And taking care of, you know, parents with Parkinson's disease, which is a whole disease of dealing with uncertainty, you know, helping my father come to the close of his life, the returning to gratitude, that practice, whether it's in a journal, or whether it's just calling up a good friend like you and being, you know, I've had a really tough day, but I am thankful that you and I are friends. Always thinking about no matter how tough something can get, 
particularly in our relationships. And I'll get to that in a little bit about how to deal with, you know, the stress of COVID. And we've started gratitude groups, which are an extension of something that you and I started doing as potlucks in my living room, Kelly. Yeah. Um, So there's lots of different ways to practice gratitude. I write poetry, I pray, I meditate, I journal. But the most important thing that I have discovered recently about how to access gratitude is to share it with a friend. You know, in my coaching practice, I introduce my clients to these books on gratitude. A great book is called Gratitude Works by Professor Robert Emmons, who is definitely the leading social science researcher that I've been studying in my master's program. And he has all sorts of practices on how do you access gratitude? And I could talk for a whole few hours on that. But when my client started sharing those questions with her friends, and they started texting each other different things that they were grateful for, you know, start a little group. We do it every day on Zoom. A group of us get together and talk about what we're grateful for, but not as a way just to get positive, not just as a way to like, okay, I'm going to think about what I'm grateful for so I can be positive. No, talk about what's true for you. You know, like, gosh, my mood is horrible today, given everything that's going on in the world. And I'm grateful that I still have access to food, water, and shelter. Being able to like be honest with where you're at, but also look at what you can be grateful for. Both of those things can happen at the same time. And then, you know, as you practice that, you'll have moments of joyfulness in the midst of sorrow. And, you know, the list goes on. So I know I may have gone off a little bit there, but I just wanted to share with you, there's a lot of different ways to access it. I think that is the main thing. And I want to invite people to realize there's no one right way to practice gratitude. And there are a lot of ways. And I think the most important thing is to start with, you know, hey, Kelly, what are you grateful for? You know, and who are you grateful for? And what are you grateful for about the place that you're living in? What are you grateful for about the people in your life? Other thing, Kelly, is what are you not grateful for? That's a really, really, really important question. Brother David Steinhill Rost, who's a Benedictine monk, who's one of the most preeminent speakers on gratitude. If you look up the TED Talks, it's his talk is number one. He was raised in Austria in the middle of World War II. And as a soldier, he talks about it's important to not be grateful for how the Nazis were killing his fellow brethren who were fighting the war, but how important it was to be grateful the next day that they could keep living and how important it is to be able to say, no, I'm not going to be grateful for this, but I am going to be grateful for this. That makes practicing gratitude even stronger. I think it's been taken out of context in this kind of pop psychology, you know, like when you read magazine articles about your top 10 tips about how to be grateful a lot of the way you can discover your gratitude is by saying what you're not grateful for and then what you are grateful for. Having the space for both is really, really important, particularly at this time in our human evolution and history. And Noah, you've used a word I think that's really important here that I think the listeners should key in on, and that's practice. Because I don't think that the first time somebody says, oh, I'm grateful for this, that it really sinks in. There is a practice to this, right? There really is. I mean, we are together every day, 1230 Eastern time, we have a gratitude group that meets and we start off by saying, you know, hey, how are you doing today? We do a check in. And then what are you grateful for today? And 
whatever the group is dealing with, we give a safe space, as Kelly, you know, talks about to share, what are you dealing with? What are you grateful for? The practice of doing it in a group, whether it's a virtual group, whether you're looking at each other, whether it's just kind of text messaging a friend is really powerful because it doesn't just rely on you to sit there with your journal or, you know, your meditation practice or all these different personal practices. But what it does is it puts you in a process of building relationships with people who will ask you, what are you grateful for? Even when you might not be able to think of anything, it just, it, it puts it in the relationships. And that's a really powerful practice that there's a lot of room for growth in that area. If you look at all the social science research right now, the practices are mostly personal practices. And so part of what the research I'm doing in my master's thesis right now is looking at how a practice in a group can actually exponentially increase the impact that gratitude practices can have in our lives. So I'm going to give you an example of what you've just talked about. Great. So there's a tree falling in my backyard and uh, it's slowly coming up by its roots and it dropped about 10 feet earlier this week. And so I am not grateful that a tree is about to, and that it's raining right now and that at any moment, the rest of this 40 foot tree could come crashing through my fence and down in my yard. I am grateful that it is nowhere near my house. It started on somebody else's property and so it's their tree. And so I contacted them and it turns out they were somebody I I had walked by their house many times and I really wanted to meet them. And I was like, oh, it's on their property. I have an excuse to talk to them now. Yay. <laughs> and and she she has been lovely. She's completely lovely. And, and she and her partner have offered to come over and help us with the tree. And uh, I'm grateful that we're going to get firewood for the next couple of years out of this tree that we don't have to go anywhere or pay anything for. Well, I'm paying to take the tree down, but you know, <laughs> um, they're going to come over and help us chip the branches. And so I'm grateful for the the mulch that we needed anyway to put in our garden and everything else. And so, and I'm grateful I get to make a new friend in the process. Right. So there's one small thing, one big thing. It's because it's 40 feet. It's big. <laughs> there's one big thing that I'm, I'm not grateful for, but it, it generates all these other things that I am grateful for. So that's, that's sort of the way of saying, you know, if you can get past the thing that you're unhappy about, if you can get past the, the desire to control it, right? Because I'm waiting for the guy to come out and cut down the tree and it's raining and it may take out the fence. And I'm just like, well, if it takes out the fence and that's what's meant to be, and I'm not going to worry about it. But, you know, in the past I'd have been like, I must, I must get him out here. I'll call someone else. I'll bug him until he gets, it's got to come down. I don't want the fence to go. I I, I worked myself into (laughs) an insane state. (laughs) Now I'm just like, eh. If it takes some fence down, it takes the fence down, a little deal. That's really where you're going to is, is this, you know, we have this illusion that we have control over the, the world. <laughs> and in some ways, we do. Energetically, we're manifesting things all the time. But in other ways, not so much. <laughs> and sometimes what we really didn't want is the thing that we really needed. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And, you know, particularly during this time when we're dealing with the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. So many things have always been uncertain in our human life, in our mm-hmm. human existence. But now with all the 
kind of upheaval and changes that seem like they're happening much, much faster now. The need to have some place to return to and to go back to what you were saying, Joey, about the practice, having a community of people around you, like a neighbor, like a husband, like a friend, to really find a way to return to that place of gratitude through this practice of sharing it in a conversation creates a certain kind of stability and certainty in, okay, if I can control myself looking at what I could be grateful for about this situation and giving myself permission to tell the truth about what I'm not grateful for, you start to create a certain sense of certainty in, in, in conversation. In the midst of dealing with so much uncertainty, I know that people who couldn't leave their house, particularly folks who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who've participated in the gratitude groups, they, they had the certainty of being able to connect with each other and talk about something that they could control. There's that great prayer uh, that many, many people know from the 12-step programs, but is also known beyond that, you know, the serenity prayer, grant me the serenity to, you know, grant accept me the, the ser- things I cannot accept, change, the yeah. courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Can you tell I have it on my wall? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, and gratitude is a great way to practice that, you know, because you can say, look, I can be grateful for this. I can't be grateful for this. And hopefully I'll get a little wisdom here to keep going forward in life. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I appreciate what you said about the tree. That is a perfect example of what people deal with every day. Right. Yeah. I actually was going to ask about the pandemic stuff because you had hinted about it a couple of times. So I wanted to make sure we touched on that because I think that's key yeah. in what we're talking about here and how people can use gratitude. And let's sort of stick on that for a quick second. How can they get started? I mean, I know we can say that the simple answer is that is just start being grateful. But I don't know that it's that easy, right? Is there something more to it or is it that easy? Well, I think that the way we got started, and I can just kind of give you some concrete examples. My uncle, who's a dear friend of Kelly's, Uncle Stephen, and I had a conversation and had some honest conversation about, okay, we're staying at home. I feel like I'm going to get isolated. I need some more social contact. And then the next few days, a couple of business associates of mine wanted to get together and and write some cards, some encouragement and gratitude cards to people who are working on the front lines, Mm -hmm. essential workers. And so we got together, we started writing them cards, sending them some gifts of encouragement. And then the next day, my uncle Steve joined us and we started talking about what we were grateful for. And you go a few months later, over a hundred people had come to share with us what they were grateful for. It even became part of an academic study that I've been doing. And I think that even with my client three years ago, who I was sharing with you, who kind of put those practices in the book, Gratitude Works, to practice with her friends, is she just started texting what she was grateful for to a couple of her friends. And I think it was like on WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. they did it a few times a week. So I think the important thing is however you do it, whether you participate in the gratitude groups that we've started, whether or not you participate in your own gratitude group, whether you just start a a little text message exchange with some friends. As I've interviewed people about how they practice gratitude, one person said she put a picture of something she was grateful for on Instagram for 365 days. And she just made a post. And she said that she went from hating her life to loving her life over the course of that year. 
one of the women in the gratitude groups, as she goes to bed, she goes through the alphabet and she says, okay, what's something with the letter A that I'm grateful for? What's something with the letter B that I'm grateful for? I think the more you can just talk about it and share about it, you know, bit by bit, I know friends who write down their list of three things they're grateful for, and they share it with their friends on the text message. There's a lot of different ways to get started. But I think that asking each other, you know, it's like, what makes you feel grateful? You know, Kelly and I got together, we had potlucks and did this. We're like, what food makes you feel grateful? Okay, bring the food. You know, that's a little different now with the pandemic. Now you make your food with your friends and get together on Zoom and have a virtual (laughs) dinner. But there's a a lot of different entry points to this. Well, and the thing about it is that in the law of attraction, I'm just going to connect these together. What you focus on expands. And so, you know, I was not that surprised to hear that the woman had gone from hating her life to loving her life when she was focusing on gratitude for the whole year, especially for my challenged childhood peeps. Our childhood has taught us to focus on what could go wrong because that's how we managed our environment, right? That's how we kept ourselves safe. But in focusing on gratitude, you are balancing your mindset, you know, it's not like you're going to not notice if something's going to go wrong. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're putting some, nobody walk under the tree, right? right. That could go wrong, right? <laughs> but it's not like you don't see that. It's just that it, it's not the center of your experience of life anymore when you can balance it with, with seeing the good. And gratitude forces you to see the good. If you're going to be grateful for something, you have to find something good to be grateful for. And it's not just the words. No, it's not just the words. It's that process of really engaging, being positive about your life instead of looking for all the things that are about to fall to crap. Mm -hmm. And so as you're going through the gratitude practice, it changes the way you see the world. And it's, it's a process that, that does that. So I, I just, I want to make sure everybody knows how to find your gratitude groups. Yes. Are you charging for these? Coming to the gratitude groups online every day mm-hmm. is by donation. So it's a self-supporting group. Uh, we have other workshops that are coming up and classes that are being developed for different groups of people that want to practice gratitude in special ways. But the gratitude group that we started at the beginning of uh, COVID is something that we just made open and available to our community because we knew that it was such an important practice for us to come together at this time. So people are always welcome to support through contribution, those groups. And then there's also paid workshops that I offer as a coach that are coming up um, in the future as well. So how can they find you? So you can go to, if you're on Facebook, the best way to find us is just Go to Discover Gratitude 2020. That's the group. And we'll put a link to that in the notes. Mm. My name is Noah G. Press McIntyre, also known as Coach Noah. That's my profile. And then for people who are not on Facebook, we have a group set up called discovergratitude.org. Some people don't necessarily want to participate on Facebook. So that's a whole online community that people can participate in as well. So Discover Gratitude 2020 on Facebook and discovergratitude.org off of Facebook. Awesome. And both of those could give you access to the groups that you're talking about. Exactly. Okay. And when you say at at 1230, it's Eastern time? Yes, it's 1230 to 130 at Eastern time. Okay. Exactly. And if someone's just on their cell phone right now and they want to 
text the word gratitude to 484848, they're going to get a link, an invitation to all this as well. Oh, that is very cool. If you you just type into your cell phone gratitude and you address it to 484848, they're going to get a link inviting them back um, to the groups as well. Now, while that's really cool, if you're driving, please do not text that. (laughs) To no, 48 We'll put the links in the show notes. <laughs> yes. You can you can you can note that for later. Maybe save this spot in the podcast and then come back to it. But wait till wait till you're stopped and out of the car. Yeah. Yes. No dying. No dying. Dying bad. Yes. <laughs> but people people kept saying, I want to be reminded to be grateful throughout That's fantastic. the day. So yeah. occasionally I'll send out a sweet little reminder or some kind of question. I think one of the most uh, powerful practices that I would love for people to have is creating your own gratitude question. So, you know, Kelly, I could say, hey, Kelly, what are you grateful for? But then you could come back and say, you know, to me, what are you grateful for about your friendships? You know, what are you grateful for about your, you know, your, your partner here, Joey, like actually making it more specific to your life once you kind of get past the general question creating your own gratitude question and writing a gratitude letter or card to the people in your life are two of the most powerful practices that people have discovered in doing these groups now with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. Very cool. This has been a lot of fun. I told you he's the most (laughs) joyful person I've ever met in my entire life. You did say that. You never leave an interaction with Noah not smiling. You did say that. Can I share one more just piece of good news about Please. all of this yeah. practices we've been talking about? One of the things that you mentioned, Kelly, is you really, you supported me through um, helping my father transition and pass away three years ago. Mm-hmm. And during that transition, he was in hospice and I would sit with him and I would write letters to him and I would read them to him because I knew that he could still hear what I was saying, even though we weren't having as much um, interaction. So the piece around the gratitude letters also led me to kind of get the courage up to start my master's program. And in doing the master's program, we've done a study now with 98 people participated in this study. And they came to the gratitude groups and we surveyed them. And literally over 50% of people said there was some positive benefit in every different aspect of their life, whether their creativity, their ability to be helpful with each other, helpful with themselves, boost their mood, their outlook. So this really does work. And seeing the evidence for how it works when you do it in a group of people is very exciting. So I just wanted to keep the audience abreast that there's more, there's more good research coming in this area. And I encourage everyone to practice because it really does work. You know, there's some really cool stuff that we've talked about on Spirit Sherpa over the course of the show, whether it's the manifestation work that you do by sort of setting your mindset in the right place, Uh, the blessings work that we talked about with Pierre Pradevand uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, changing your thought process and the way that you deal with things and and focusing on blessings and now this gratitude work that really sort of ties into you can shift your whole life just by shifting the way that you approach it, the way you think about it, not just by words, but right. by actually bringing that in and and taking that that behavior, what you talked about, the woman who posted the three sixty five days of gratitude, is a great example of that. You just by changing that perspective and changing the way that you're you're approaching things, you can make dramatic impact on your life. Yeah, Absolutely. and you'll notice that we're never going to do an episode on affirmations. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. We're never going to do it because I don't believe in affirmations because mostly it's just people pretending that they're somewhere they're not. So I'm not a proponent of affirmations because they're not saying what's true. Mm -hmm. When you're in gratitude, you're saying what's true. And that sense of what's true and that you have to be grateful for taps you into that universal life source of love that Colum Holland talked about right. and that Darlene Green talked about in her episode. You're really tapping into that place where you are connecting into the universal love source. And that has a greater sense of, uh, or a greater access to source and it has a greater access to source for you. And the closer you are in contact with source, the better your life goes in general, because the connection to source is what puts us in flow. Absolutely. Perfect. You're here. Yes, Kelly. Yes. I am totally with you. I am totally with you. That's brilliant. I normally ask you if there's anything you want to say to wrap up an episode, but I'm pretty sure you just did. I think that was it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Is there anything you would like to add before we wrap up today? Look at yourself in the mirror and just take a moment. And, you know, with all these gratitude practices that we've talked about, just look at yourself and say, thank you to yourself and let yourself feel it. I think that's the most important thing I want people to take away is not just the doing it, but the feeling it and allowing yourself to tap into that flow that Kelly is talking about. I think that's the most important thing when things have been most challenging is taking a look in the mirror and saying, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Awesome. That's absolutely perfect. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up unless you guys have anything else. No, thank you so much for just having me here. It's such a, such an honor. Just uh, if you're feeling, and so, you know, about 40 episodes ago, (laughs) (laughs) I said, I said, Hey, if you've been binging and you got to this point, it's time to give me a call. Right. So we're 40 episodes past that now, roughly. And so I'm just going to say that, that if you are, really vibing with what we're putting down here. If, if that's, if it's speaking to your soul, then there, there is a way to go in deeper with it. And I would highly encourage you to hop onto my website at kellysparta.com and re and, and sign up for a discovery call because uh, I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to help you figure out how to take the next steps to uh, bring your life into your power and your purpose. All right, folks, that is all that we have for this week, but be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C., here with Kelly Sparta and Noah McIntyre, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Each travel over 13,000 now, so I'll leave behind a Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Production. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea 
what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.